And I was like stressing literally probably <laughs> like for 24 hours on this plane. We, it was interesting driving an RV on the wrong side of the road. He was really annoying, but I was really stubborn. For some reason I didn't think that babies got jet lag, but... That you want to share God with others and music just happens to be the way you do it. Welcome to another episode of Oz Table Talk. Well, so far on this show, we've met people who share the gospel with the written word and the spoken word, but today we get to meet a couple who share the gospel through their music, Erica Manique. So welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, that's great. So I'm really excited to dig into your story a little bit, but first, just to give folks out there some context, when someone sidles up to you and asks that all-important question, what do you do? How do you answer that? Um, we usually just say we are singer-songwriters mm-hmm. and musicianaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Musicianaries. That's basically. I, I love the term <laughs> musicianary. So who coined that term or where did that come from? Um, we actually found it through um, a friend of ours. Her name is Chandra Band. She's from America. And it was when we were involved in Songs of Ascent over with Light Bearers and Arise. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, she coined that little term to kind of explain the musicians that were involved in Songs of Ascent. That we were called musicianaries. Yeah, so it's it's really stuck. We like uh, the meaning behind it, where it has both music and mission as a focus. Hmm. That is really interesting because a lot of people compartmentalize things. They will say mm. they're either a missionary or they're a musician, but to think of them as one and the same is a really different concept the way most people operate, I guess. Mm, mm. Totally. I think it's a really good way to reframe people's ideas on people who are christian musicians Hmm. because so often we try and put people into boxes and it's they're only boxes that are framed around our own past experiences rather than maybe what someone's trying to get across in their own ministry so Hmm. yeah that's why we like it yeah that's great so just to get us on our way just to learn a little bit more about your story i'd like you guys to start we're going to jump around a little bit chronologically but uh, just to start how did you guys meet i believe there was something to do with a rubbish bin i'm not clear on what the story was though (laughs) basically i used to be a missionary in ukraine and i came back to avondale college and they were doing like some interviews of some different volunteers from the year before and eric saw me up the front there Then later that week, we were both in the library computer room and he was sitting next to me and he started a conversation with me, asking me for some help with a computer, which is hilarious now because he's actually really, really good at computers and I know nothing about them. (laughs) So he was just finding an excuse to start a conversation. And when I introduced myself, he's like, oh yeah, Monique. I'm like, you know my name? Yeah, so it probably wasn't the best introduction. I mean... Um, she was a little bit freaked out, but it's only because she did a presentation at, at the front that I knew I uh-huh, know, so yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have led uh-huh. with that, though. But um, <laughs> we ended up talking for absolutely ages. I think it was like over an hour or something that mm. first time, and then, um, yeah, Eric left, and he tripped over a garbage bin, and rubbish went everywhere, and I was absolutely <laughs> hilarious, and I was trying to hide it because, yeah. Thought he would be embarrassed, but yeah. <laughs> Way to really make a funny. first impression, Eric. So. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, very memorable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So, you said that you were both at Avondale. So, obviously, you were doing something before your music career. So, what were you guys doing before music was the new path? Well, I was a high school teacher at Avondale. I did English major as well as communications in secondary teaching Mm -hmm. 
And so I was teaching in some different Adventist schools in Melbourne, all different subjects from English and geography to history and Bible and religious education. So, yeah, a whole heap of different stuff. I loved it. That's really cool. Yeah, I was studying theology ministry. Yeah, we were both um, teaching and I was teaching and Eric was doing youth ministry type stuff in Melbourne. (laughs) And that's when we first got married and... Yeah, he was kind of working at two different churches, Springvale and Lean Gather, and yeah, that's how we first got started. When did you guys make the shift to music being the career? Oh, that was a it's a very long-winded story how that happened to be honest. <laughs> that's all right. So I was I was That's what teaching, this show's for. <laughs> I was teaching in Melbourne and Eric was doing his youth ministry thing and we kind of realized that even though we're working for the church, there was something missing. Hmm. And so we started to pray and think about it. And in the end, we went and volunteered over in Ukraine and it was a really big thing for us because we knew that God wanted us to go and take a year off from our jobs, but we didn't really understand exactly where he wanted us to go with that. But we just wanted to see where he wanted to lead our lives, not to create in our own minds what we thought his will for our lives were. So we quit our jobs, which just happened to happen just before the 2008 financial crisis. Yeah. yeah. Right before then. And so it was kind of like, well, there's no turning back now. We have like, we're just going to have to trust God. And we thought the best idea would be to buy a one-way ticket to Ukraine to volunteer and now when we look back on it we're thinking man that seems stupid but at the time we just knew that that was the right thing to do and we felt this amazing peace at it hmm. so, so why Ukraine you had been there before didn't did I hear you mention before yeah so I had was been that there the attraction before. or um we were praying about it and we actually got emailed by them hmm. over there they were looking they were really desperate actually they were looking for some people who could teach English as well as do ministry in the local church. And so we prayed about it. And yeah, that's kind of the door that opened up for us at the time. What also sort of led towards the volunteering path was that year I was listening to a lot of sermons on faith and I was sort of realizing more in my own life that I'm I'm so comfortable in church. You know, I've just, mm. I've done this thing where I've grown up in the church and have I really been really active in my faith? And I guess it depends on your perspective, but from my perspective, I felt like I wasn't as active as I could be for God. So I was listening to a lot of sermons on faith, and in particular, there's a preacher in South America that did all these amazing things for God, and uh, he would step out in faith, and you know the Lord would provide him with things to help him buy a radio station and all these type of things. And I thought, oh, wow, wouldn't it be incredible to do something like that? Mm-hmm. So that's sort of part of the influence, I guess, for this, this year, year away. So, how long were you guys in Ukraine? Um, we were in there for six months. And then we started thinking of, well, what's next, God? Where are we going to go? And he ended up um, leading us towards going to a Bible college. And we ended up going to Arise, mm. which was a difficulty in the first place because we had a one-way ticket to Ukraine. And at that point, when we we're looking at going somewhere else, we only had a couple hundred dollars in the bank. Mm-hmm. And to go to a rise, it meant we needed to get to America. We needed to pay 
for a rise, which at that point, I think the US dollar was like something like 60 cents or something. Which is pretty bad. 60 Mm. is worse than what it is now. Like it was pretty bad. So any of the fees were going to be double nearly Mm. what they would have been. And it was like thousands of dollars, dollars. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think we needed something like $15,000 all up. Mm. Plus yeah, tickets. It was, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> and you, you've only got like a couple of hundred dollars. And so you're saying, yes. yeah, we're going to go and spend 15 grand. So Yeah, yeah. basically. Okay, so how did God work that out? <laughs> so um, it was interesting. All these sermons that I was lis- listening to on faith, a lot of the things that would happen for this missionary in South America, he would he would pray about it and he'd you know, let people know. He'd write, it, write out a newsletter or, or announcement and God would come through with the money. He always used to preach about, you know, God owns all the money. We don't own anything. And I thought I was really impressed by that. So we thought, okay, it's working for him. Why don't we just write a newsletter and we'll just send it out to our family and friends and see what happens. So we actually applied for the Bible College, uh, which is called Arise. Hmm. And we applied for that and put in the application without really having the funds <laughs> to pay for it yet. And to cut a long story short, uh, I can't remember the exact amount of time it was, but uh, the funds were trickling in. Uh, we were just blown away by mm-hmm. how, how this was all working. How does how does this happen to us? It, usually you just think of these stories about in the mission field and hmm. um, all these countries like, this is actually happening to us as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we're just so blown mm-hmm. away by it. <laughs> yeah. There were just so many different threads of the story that came together in the exact right way and um one of them was we're trying to figure out okay so this fund all these funds are coming in to pay for the school but how are we going to get there and right when we're looking at ticket prices and stuff to get from ukraine all the way over kevin rudd gave away that 900 dollars to as the you know for the recession money Mm. and that was the exact ticket price we needed to get to Washington, D.C., where my uncle lived. <laughs> so it was just amazing how God just pulled all of these different threads together. And then um, my grandparents were actually going to be driving across America in an RV. And, you know, they Skyped us and said, well, <laughs> we're doing this at this time. And it was the exact right time that we needed to get from East Coast to West Coast and they'd be doing that trip for a couple of years yeah. and usually they'd go later in the year mm. but for some reason this year they were going earlier which was perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and they wanted some um help to drive so yeah so it wasn't what i think is amazing is how god not only gave us exactly what we needed he gave us more than what we needed mm-hmm. and we were able to actually you know spend this bonding time with my grandparents and see america as well as we hitchhiked with them across the country <laughs> <laughs> in their one rv not hitchhiking yeah. but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Like you said, the amount of variables that God had to oh. line up. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. It's very, it's, it, would, it would be very difficult to go ahead and say, oh, yeah. coincidence. Oh. I mean, sorry. Totally. Yeah. It's amazing. And I mean, it was interesting driving the RV on the wrong side of the road for the first time, but that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever Just, forget and like start swerving over? Uh. On the highways, it's fine, but... During the initial week, there was a when you pull out of like a car park, and you're like, "Oh, hang on, that's right, the other side." Oh, yeah. But it's only it's only like minute fractions of a second where you, um, yeah, you're switching over. Mm-hmm. And now, actually, yeah, it's it's weird now. Like whenever you go to the, the other side of the world and drive on their side, whenever you come back to Australia, it's like, "Oh, I got to readjust again." It's yeah. just crazy. <laughs> 
so yeah. you, so you guys do that you get to arise and so mm. what was the experience like there oh man it it mm. is definitely one of the the best things we've ever done in our lives uh, i mean it was literally a mountaintop experience where we're at a summer camp facility on a mountaintop on a mountaintop and <laughs> just the teaching was so great we were learning oh, stuff about the bible that for some reason growing up in the church i hadn't learnt maybe i was not paying attention or something like just there was amazing teaching and just the the fellowship and the the community it was biblical yet practical Mm. and i think that's wonderful that seems to be an element that is missing from a a lot of different programs there's a lot of theology programs that are available in different places but there's not many that actually marry the practical element in with it very well and so that's really awesome to Mm. hear i've never heard anything but great reports about the arise program oh it was fantastic Mm. i think anyone who's even thinking of going or if god's kind of putting into their mind that they should do it and they're worried about how they're going to figure it out with logistics and their um Mm -hmm. their work or their money just if god wants you to go he'll Mm. figure out a way so how how do we then get from arise to being musicianaries well, <laughs> it, it's, it, it started, started it. it started a rise. So our class was very musical. 50% of our class was from other countries around the world. And for some reason, we just had a musical class. And with the evangelism program that they were running towards the end of the teaching period, they decided to have this community concert. A bunch of people in the class mm. were learning different songs. And at that point, music was kind of just a hobby. I like to write songs and you didn't really sing I too much. No, <laughs> I was... I don't know. I grew up in a musical family and my mom's a music teacher. My mom and dad, when I was a baby and my brother was a baby, they actually was in like a music group that went to different churches. Mm. But me, myself, singing in front of people would have, yeah, it was just horrible. I just didn't like doing (laughs) it at all. And so Eric was practicing for this concert and one of his songs, and I was just sitting there, you know, just hanging out with him. And I got a little bored, so I started just humming some melod- um, some harmonies. And one of our friends from Arise, he came through the door and he just got really excited. And he was like, oh, you guys are singing that at the concert. It's so beautiful, you know. And, and I, we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, Eric's singing it. And he's like, no, <laughs> you guys should both sing it. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's just Eric. And he kind of kept annoying me for quite a while, you know, like trying Mm. to get me to Mm. sing with Eric. And every time I was like, no. And so basically he was really annoying, but I was really stubborn. (laughs) And in the end, I was just like, if I sing, will you just leave me alone? So I sung and he left me alone and it was petrifying. I (laughs) was so scared. And I just remember praying before it. And as soon as we got up there, all the nervousness just like flew out, just disappeared. But as soon as I got back off stage, I had to collapse in a chair. I was like Mm. so exhausted. (laughs) So from singing that Mm. at the concert, uh, our our teacher, David Ashrick, said, hey, I'm, I'm going to this youth conference at the end of the year. And that song that you just sang, which happened to be He Knows, um, that will work really well with my sermon as um, a appeal song. appeal song. And so we thought, wow, it just came out of nowhere, really. And mm. then. Well, we also didn't know how we'd pay for that. Yeah, true. We had true. to also pay to get back to Australia. But um, <laughs> another person at Arise, he was also asked to do that. His name's Josh Cunningham. He was another student there. And he was also asked to go sing a song at GYC. And so 
we basically, us three, decided to meet once a day and just pray mm-hmm. about God, God's direction and what God wanted us to do and what God wanted him to do because he was also thinking about some other things. And in the end, all three of us ended up going to mm. GYC and God made a way for that to happen. And it was at GYC after we sung the song that David got us together with uh, some other musicians. At 3 a.m., mind you. At 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> and we all started It was the to, last night and everyone was wanting yeah. to hang out. Mm. And we all started to discuss an idea of doing music as evangelism mm. together. Doing these word song programs with evangelists preaching, Speaker. speaking yeah. th- with music interdispersed mm. as though the music was actually preaching as well. Mm. And so that was kind of the beginning of something called Songs of Ascent that we ended mm. up doing with this bunch of musicianaries for the next three well, or three four years. years. Yeah, and it's years, still yeah. kind of running now. We're still part of it now. That's kind of how we began. Mm into music ministry. It's something that we didn't really try and no. find. It's just something that... Didn't expect. No, I didn't expect didn't even it think at all. Of it, no. really. <laughs> so, if, uh, Monique, if you were so stressed at the at the first time, I mean, GYC, it, it's not a little event. <laughs> <laughs> GYC is, is a massive event. So, just like walk me through that. Like, you, you step onto the stage. What goes through your mind at that point? <laughs> well, we had to get on the stage first because anyone who's heard David preaching knows that he preaches for a very long time. Mm-hmm. and usually goes overtime mm-hmm. so we were like out back and just waiting mm-hmm. and so like my nerves were rocketing straight up into the sky just thinking <laughs> david why can't you just stop but you know it was a great sermon but i couldn't you'd hear almost it wind so down you'd almost, almost wind, wind down, down. You'd, down. you'd just get okay we're about to go and then oh no nope, nope. still going yeah. <laughs> still going actually that was my first exposure to you guys i had the dvds of that of that oh. gyc and that's the first wow. time that i saw you when you performed that song so oh really? well, there you go, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah i was basically sat in a chair in a corner all by myself and i was just praying and praying and i was so nervous i was shaking and then as soon as we stepped out onto the stage it was it was a real spiritual moment actually for me because it was an appeal and david had actually gotten everyone to kneel down in prayer to god and so looking out onto a sea of people who were kneeling down with their hearts trying to find god was such a beautiful moment and all of the nerves fled i stopped shaking and all i could think about was worshiping god mm. it's like the sea of people just became a blur and god was the only focus because we were all focusing on just god yeah. Yeah. But then as soon as I left the stage, I collapsed in a chair again. I was just (laughs) completely. And that to me, it was starting doing music in that kind of way. It's always been in the back of my mind that I can only do this in God's strength. Mm. It's only through him Mm. because that's how, because I know that I couldn't have done it without him. My mm. voice would have been all over the place with nerves, but yeah, God stayed it. I guess in your particular case, people that do any kind of performing, be that music or preaching, anything where you're upfront and visual, it's very easy to have to battle with pride. And it sounds like, mm. you know, mm. this, that's a, a real gift that God has been able to help you battle that particular way. Mm. Mm. It's interesting because like now I don't really get nervous anymore. Mm when we're doing concerts or anything, but every so often we do like a one, one-off song <laughs> at a church or something. And 
the nerves come back and I have to pray again. Like we always pray before things, but I have to specifically just pray, you know, and put my mind back in that place. Mm. And again, God just removes them. And for my own spiritual journey, I know that that's something that I know that I need sometimes, Mm. you know, just to remind myself that it is God. Yeah. Yeah. It's always God mm. who's given us the ability to do this, who's given me the ability to sing and to sing in front of people, which never wanted to do, mm. but also to sing harmony, which before mm. we started this, I didn't think I could do. So, yeah, yeah, just to remind me that it's God. You're so right. I'm just really thankful for the foundation and the focus of the strong focus of evangelism. Like that's kind of the that's the mission because mm. you're right. Getting up in front of people, if you don't sort of have a greater goal than just to entertain people then it's very easy to i mean it's all about yourself right but Mm. because you have this foundation of like no i'm trying to reach people for god Mm. then it's um, i'm just really thankful that that's the way we sort of got brought into this Mm. yeah just it's just really helpful Mm. Mm. so obviously you guys done an awful lot of touring a lot of travel and obviously songs of ascent so you know traveling with uh, with other musicians and over the years, have there been any favorite places or memorable stories? Oh, wow. Oh, man, there's so many stories. <laughs> um, so many stories. And we were a little bit slack about like keeping a, 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 a very consistent journal. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we've got plenty of videos. We've got plenty of photos and stuff. But, mm-hmm. man, there's so many good stories. Let me just, um, Let's just pick well, one a couple. Of my, <laughs> <laughs> the most favorite place I've ever had to tour mm-hmm. is um, actually Germany. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. It's just there's something about that place. We've been there a couple of times now doing music ministry, and it's kind of become like a second or third home in a way. Mm. Like it's just got such beautiful people who are just so earnest, and they love music. And it's not a country like Switzerland or something with like absolutely massive mountains, but it's just got such a beautiful – what's the word? My baby brain's cooking in here. <laughs> <sighs> Mm. atmosphere mm. Yeah. i would say yeah it's just a wonderful country to tour in wonderful people yeah mm. i really like it as for most beautiful places to tour switzerland and austria yeah. or norway they're just crazy beautiful man if all of heaven's like that or even <laughs> better i just can't even imagine it like, yeah. whoa <laughs> so amazing mm. yeah mm. i mean definitely um, I'm a big fan of mountains and stuff and just mm-hmm. being able to drive through those places, just incredible. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's been really good to tour overseas. It really widens your view on yeah. on life and the world and stuff. And it's really cool to mm-hmm. see how other churches work and, yeah, just that appreciation for music and, and God. And, yeah, um, that's also been a pretty amazing thing that, um, well, God's opened up the doors for us to go into many different denominations doing this music ministry and so it's been a really interesting thing being able to do um the same type of music ministry in many different denominations and have and see how god works through that Mm. that's Mm. great any particular stories that stick out from that Mm. that sort of work there was this one church we went to that just sticks stuck out of my mind right now a lady invited her friend who wasn't particularly christian to this church concert she wasn't wanting to go. She ended up coming and about a quarter of the way through the concert, she burst out in tears. <clears throat> and she walked out the back and, you know, controlled herself and then came back in. And she was crying the whole time just silently. And 
I don't know, from the front it's quite hard to keep your focus when someone's doing that because, I don't know, my heart goes out to them. Yeah. And um, at the end she came up and she just gave me this massive bear hug. Like initially she just gave me this massive hug and I hugged her back and then she drew back and she's like, I don't know if I believe in God, but God like used you tonight. And she started detailing what had been happening with her and basically her whole life has fallen apart with her marriage falling apart and her kids going away from her. And she was actually through going through the process that day of posting off her divorce papers. Hmm. And because of that, she didn't want to go anywhere. She didn't want to see anyone. And her friend had been like, you know, asking her and she's like, Usually I don't like going to churches or anything, but she just had this feeling that she should go and she came and they had to drive like an hour to get to the concert. Hmm. And they came and she said she does not regret it at all because she felt peace like she hadn't felt and she felt loved like she hadn't felt in a very long time. Hmm. That and is she's incredible. Like, Maybe God is real. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah, that was, it's one of those moments that I've never been able to forget. There was another. There was another time. Actually, I think it was near Brisbane in Australia, uh, where we'd come to this church, and the person was trying church for the last time. Like they just mm. had like they were just sick of it for some reason. I don't know what their full story was, but they were just giving it one more try. And for some reason, whatever we said, touched. we just happened to be there. We just too. happened to be there, and what we said in the in the message and song really touched them, and they were really convicted that no, this is where I need yeah. to be. So, um, yeah. yeah, they um, messaged us a year later and told us this story, and she said that from that day she gave her heart back to God, got baptized, mm. and was really involved in ministry now. That's amazing how, how God can just bring people together at that vital intersection. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, another amazing story. This is um, something that God did for us because we're a faith-driven ministry. So oftentimes we'll be touring and stuff because we believe that God's brought us to go tour in that area, but we're not exactly sure how we're going to you know, pay for things or whatever. And this time we're going to Europe and we had enough money to pay for part of the car rental and everything and maybe one meal before we got mm -hmm. to our first concert mm. so we didn't really have enough money in order to get to the first concert and i was a little worried about it because you know there's a lot of other costs involved in travel wow. like you know there's taxes because we bring cds and all that kind of thing mm. and so like i was praying about it and eric the whole time over there you know this is like a 24-hour flight eric's like don't worry God has it in his hands. It's fine. Don't worry. And he was like all chill. And I was like stressing literally probably like for 24 hours on this plane. We, we, we each have our turns of stressing. We do. So, so. I, I'll admit I was having a down moment in faith for 24 hours and I was stuck on this plane. I'm thinking, well, at least I don't have to spend money on here. And, I was like, <laughs> and so we got to Germany and we got through the airport and I just was like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. So I went to the toilet and on, when I was in there, I just had this moment and it was like God was saying, why don't you trust me? Mm. And so I just prayed and I was like, God, I have no idea how you're going to do this, but I'm just going to thank you for looking after us. And I'm going to thank you for giving us the money that we need in order to get to the first concert, which was in a different country. We had to drive there. Hmm. I walked out. We walked straight to the um, car rental. And the car rental was, the the amount they made us pay for the whole car rental was, what, like $400 less? Mm. 
than what it said. It was quite significantly less. Yeah, like there was this airport, there was this some kind of airport or something tax that was on our forms that they didn't make us pay. Like, oh, no, you don't have to pay that. (laughs) And so we had like 400 extra dollars just out of nowhere. Mm. And it was what we needed, you know, to get for quite a bit. And I was just sitting there going, oh, God, you just always have a way. Even when I'm like, you know, wasting my time stressing, you're just already like, Oh, don't worry about it. I already got away. You're fine. What keeps so, what yeah, keeps coming back to me all the time is how we see God work in our lives all the time, but we always doubt, even though he's done amazing things in the past. I keep thinking back to the Israelites. They saw God do amazing things like parting of the Red Sea and all this incredible stuff to save them. Yet, we just forget. Like, hmm. it's so easy to just forget what the Lord has done and just to want to feel like, yeah, I've got everything under control. And um, yeah, it's just, man. And then he comes through mm-hmm. again and again. Totally. So obviously having done a lot of traveling prior, now you have welcomed a new member of the family. You've got Ezra. <laughs> That's yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. Who is asleep right now? Um, <laughs> or no. According <laughs> to the baby monitor, he is hanging out. Kicking his legs in the air and yeah, <laughs> happy so far. Okay, well that, that, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so, how has travel been with a baby? Because I'm, I mean, you know, uh, my son is seven months old, and I know mm. that I avoid travel like the plague. So, <laughs> so how are you guys going with that? Uh, well, we kind of knew it was coming. So when we first had him, we, you know tried to push ourselves yeah even though we tried to get out even though we didn't feel like it (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um the first road trip we went on with him he was three and a half months Mm. we had to drive up to queensland to start our tour and from there until two weeks ago now he's like you know six months we're on the road for like so it's like nearly three months yeah yeah it i like to say that it was easier than we thought it would be, but it was difficult, mm. you know? Like, we have been blessed with a baby who he's pretty chill. Mm-hmm. He's got a pretty flexible persona so far, and he's a pretty easygoing baby who loves people, and he's more happier when he was, he's actually out doing something mm-hmm. if he's done something in a day than if he just stays at home. Mm-hmm. So... I think that actually has a lot to do with it, that it's mm. easier than we thought it would be. Mm. But good. yeah, it has been difficult. You know, we would usually take a day and a half to drive from Melbourne up to, you know, Gold Coast, but it took us like, you know, two and a half days or something. And everything just takes longer. Everything just takes longer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it takes longer. You have to think more about, you know, trying to figure out naps to when your concerts are and make sure that the baby's happy and he's been looked after and he's had a nap or he's going to have a nap. And like, there's just a lot more to think about. Hmm. I find that I don't get to talk to people as much before or after concerts, which is difficult for me because I love talking to people and hearing their testimonies and, Hmm. you know, connecting in that way. But yeah, it's a different season. Hmm. Yeah. It's a different season. Like we're taking one day at a time. Like, mm-hmm. our roles have sort of changed when we arrive at a church. Like, we're kind of, you know, both doing stuff, but now it's sort of... No, Eric. I'll do most of everything, and Monique will be with Ezra trying to 
get him asleep. See, when we first did this uh, tour that we just recently came back from, at the start, he was going to sleep usually for most of the concerts, hmm. uh, which was really very convenient. Mm. At yeah. least a good half of the tour, yeah. He would sleep like on me, like I would just baby wear him and, yeah. while mm-hmm. we were singing and stuff. But that sort of transitioned to being more energetic and awake and so... Jet lag. Jet lag. Jet lag had a big... Like until we went over to America, it was pretty much doing that. For some reason, I didn't think that babies got jet lag, but I don't know why (laughs) I thought that. (laughs) They surely do. (laughs) Uh Mm -hmm. But when we're touring locally in Victoria, uh, Monique's mum is a Mm -hmm. great babysitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when we're away, during this last part of the tour, we thankfully had a lot of friends uh, in the area that could come and help us. Mm. And when we're up in the Brisbane area before that... um, I just either baby wear him during a concert or... And Actually, I, I wore him once the whole time, the whole concert when he was awake, and he was absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. And or some like you know, God would provide someone that we could trust who could look after. Sit in him the front row, and, and yeah. he just sits in the front row, just mm-hmm. happy. I wouldn't like to be touring right now though, because he's he's, he's cutting a tooth right now, so mm. it's a little bit. Um, I mean, he's not crying right now, but he's he's definitely more um, fussy. That's mm. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously, when you guys at home, it would be very different to when you're on tour. But mm. what does an average day look like for Eric and Monique and Ezra? I never thought there'd be so much office administration like uh, going into this. Mm-hmm. You kind of, you know, it's interesting, like, you look at artists and you look at uh, music groups and you think, man, it's so cool, they just get to travel everywhere and they do concerts and stuff, which is true, mm. but the other side of the coin is that in order to do that, I would say at least 80% of all time spent is planning for that next tour or that next mm-hmm. um, thing that you're doing. Uh, there's just so much uh, booking, um, so we do a lot of everything ourselves mm-hmm. uh so it's all diy so we some days we'd be booking a tour which is a lot of emailing back and forth uh days where we're more creative and try to write songs and which has happened a, quite a bit less since having history just our time <laughs> so much more divided yeah. but um yeah, a lot of office work. What else would we do in a day, a typical day? I just seem to Lots spend too much time in front of the computer, really. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> booking takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Like, in order to book out a really good, like, three-month tour, it might take four or five months Yeah. in mm. order to do that. Just all of the organization of it. We're trying more and more to try and put some creativity into it, mm. which is harder than you would think sometimes in order to, like, you know, create that time mm. where yeah. you're able to just yeah. write songs or yeah. do anything like that. Yeah, yeah and just the, um, yeah, all the online stuff, so maintenance of website, uh, mm-hmm. content creation, mm-hmm. all of that stuff mm-hmm. all eats up in your time. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, speaking of content creation, I've been watching your uh, your vlog on YouTube. Okay. And, and because I put some videos together just for, for the sake of family, pretty much, but yeah. um, I, I appreciate the amount of work that goes into making them look as good as you do. So, well, you guys are doing a great job with that. So, thanks. Yeah, um, that was a bit of an experiment. Um, and now we like doing it. Just now we like doing it. It's for ourselves. It's, it's probably more for ourselves than anything. Just the memory of just watching Ezra grow up and stuff. But, yeah. um, 
yeah, it's fun. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is awesome. Are you finding like you, you're getting interaction, like you, you're building a, a viewer base? Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Like YouTube recommends that you upload a video very frequently so we're yes. doing a new video every week at the moment mm-hmm. and i'm not sure if that's enough now like uh there is definitely an in- increased engagement level mm. but i would think like with a lot of things the more you put in the more you get out so yeah, yeah i think definitely. if it was a bit more regular and a bit more mm. um like that i think it'd be increased we used to be better at it to be yeah. honest but with a baby it's <laughs> Yeah. This new season's really all about us trying to figure out yeah. how to do what we used to do with an added distraction. Yeah. Right now he's staring at your profile picture on Skype. Hi, Ezra. <laughs> you want to say hello to Luke? Now he's trying to rip the microphone off. He yeah. sure is. <laughs> right. yeah. I'm still following this train of thought, um, mm. just before we start to wrap up, is that uh, you know your your 2015 album Everlasting, right? That was the result mm-hmm. of a Kickstarter campaign. You, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about that. You know, there's so many people that try to make crowdfunding work and fail miserably, but you guys were able to make that work. How how did you do that? What was the secret to your success of that? Oh, Monique was the brainchild behind that one. You mm-hmm. did how many hours of research? L- I did a, a lot ridiculous of ridiculous amount of it. weeks of research <laughs> before we even um, started thinking about it. So I did lots of research, looked into all different ways of how to do it, how people had succeeded in the past and all of that. And then we started to put all of that research into action, into what we wanted to do. Hmm. And so it took a good month or more before we even started to, you know, put it all together. I think just being very intentional about promotion and yeah. almost uncomfortably intentional in, in that I mean that you're really pushing it, but you're kind of almost feeling, oh, man, I hope people aren't getting sick of mm. this now. You're just <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, think it, I think it does also help that we've done so much touring mm. because we have all of those people in to, you know, tell about this Kickstarter and this crowdfunding yeah. and – that was after we'd been touring at that point for about five or six years or something. Yeah, that definitely helped. The, mm-hmm. just so the that helps. And that. while the um, campaign was going, we also were touring. Mm-hmm. And so the people at the concerts, we gave them the opportunity to, um, you know, fund the campaign while getting yeah. some of the um, CDs, some of the rewards mm-hmm. right then and there. Awesome. Many just Which kind of helped. Many elements factoring in together. And uh, to be honest, like, you just never know with those things. Oh, like, we were very nervous towards the end. Like, are we even going to make the goal? Because mm-hmm. for people that don't know about Kickstarter's ruling, but if you don't meet the funding, you don't get anything. So, yeah. It was very <laughs> scary. But, you know, I think even now it's like, oh, do you do it again? <laughs> That's great. Well, just uh, I just got a couple of questions before we do wrap up. And really, it's more focused around the music and and that is when you guys do write a song what what does the process to that look like do you just sit down and write it and you're done or is it a long process oh. is it a short process it depends on the song really um example everlasting that song we really believe it was just sort of handed mm. on a plate by god it just came like within 30 minutes to an hour just oh, wow. the whole thing <laughs> um but that doesn't happen. You've never changed it. That doesn't happen regularly. It's just no. um, <laughs> sometimes you might, or well, usually it's the music that comes first. 
So well, they kind of come symbiotic, yeah. like kind of at the same time. Like you know, th- there'll be a melody that Eric will find on a piano, and then from there, the words and the music kind of revolve around each other. Mm-hmm. We kind of write it at the same time, mm-hmm. so that both the music and the words go towards the same theme, kind of create that same atmosphere rather than fighting against each other. Yeah, yeah we're really big fans of. Um, melding scripture with songs, so mm. having those themes in the, in the music. Uh, look, there's a song "Honor the Lord," which is almost practically word for word from the Bible verse. Yeah, we just really enjoy just yeah being very intentional about getting a message through a song. Mm, definitely. Sometimes it can be hard, you know. Like we'll start to write a song and it just it just doesn't work. It just isn't coming together and so often we'll just shelf it mm-hmm, we'll yeah. just stop we'll either work on something else or we'll just leave it you know and we i don't know as songwriters we aren't personally the type that try and you know push through a song and mm. force it to happen we'll kind of just let it happen naturally and if it's not we'll leave it till another time when it does happen naturally like there's nothing wrong with the other method of doing it but for us mm. creatively it just doesn't work like that mm. Yeah. yeah, it's very hard to uh, put creativity in a box and say, I'm going to be creative today. So, exactly. Yes, yeah. oh, it can be. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird balance because you could be like that all the time. Like, I'm not feeling creative today. and just. But then you yeah. also sort of have to actually make a time, at mm. least allow um, a space to, to do that. Mm. Mm. Actually allow yourself time to get creative. It can be hard, though, mm. to try and do that as a married couple. So, yeah, we're always trying to, you know, figure out how better to create a safe place for us to be able to be creative together. Because, you know, when you're married, you're more open to each other than with other people. So, to do that in a creative space, you have to also try and make sure that that's a safe and respectful place and all of that. Hmm. Yeah, that would be a, uh, that would be a challenge. What, what are some of the things that you found that have worked best as you've learned to work together a, as a married couple? Make sure that you don't say the first thing that comes to your mind always. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to be a bit of a perfectionist. So, um, we can each have our own little ideas in our head but not vocalize it all the time. Mm. So, it's like if I'm wanting to take the song in a certain direction, then Nick's sort of like thinking, no, not that way. And then it's just, yeah. yeah. Communication, <laughs> actually being able to communicate creativity well. That's something that we're always trying to work on. <laughs> one one final question for, for today, and, and that is if there's somebody out there that's listening, has a passion for music, and wants to start using their talent for God, what advice would you give them if they're looking at the path of being a musicianary? My biggest piece of advice would be to get right with God and mm. put your focus there and then make yourself available yeah. to use your music abilities for God. If your goal is to become a musicianary and to, you know, do that in order to, you know, get famous or to, you know, get all these perks, that's not what being a musicianary is about because mm. it's hard, it's difficult, it's mm. not that at all. And if you're wanting to do that, then, you know, maybe go down another path because to be a musicianary, I believe, is where your focus is God. Mm. Your focus is that you want to share God with others, mm. and music just happens to be the way you do it. Yeah, it's definitely I, all that Monique said. You can't force it to happen. If God is calling you to do music ministry, just be faithful to that. And it might take years to happen, but 
to force it is sort of uh yeah i just think it's just very easy to to go down the wrong path if you're just trying to get known or if that if that's sort of your end goal just to get known and to make money and to get famous then I, yeah it's just i don't think that's the right focus especially with music ministry being mission for god so well thank you very much guys i really appreciate your time but uh, just for anybody that's listening how can people find you where should they look social media website etc yeah yeah um so our handle for pretty much everything is at eric and monique that's a and d in the middle there uh, at Eric and Monique, that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify. Spotify. Mm-hmm. I don't think the handle works for Spotify, but you can oh. just do a Google, Google search. <laughs> yep. Um, and our website as well. Eric just, and Monique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Which I'll put in the show notes. So. Great. So, so thank, thank you very much. Thank you so much, guys. Really enjoyed having you on the show. Oh, thank you so Thanks much so for much, having Luke. us. It was good to chat. Thank you. Can I say thank you, Ezra? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs>